Okay, we're live. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On today's show, I have a very special guest. We spoke uh, earlier in September, September 1st, before September 11th, talking uh, a little bit about my information about 9-11. But before, after we had that discussion, my guest has put out a new documentary. The title of his, his new documentary is 9-11 Alchemy, A Big Idea, which I watched. And I had some he did some good research because it definitely changed my mind on a few subjects. And I saw some uh, video of things I had not seen before. And also the face of some people I've, I've uh, followed a little bit in the past. But uh, his name is Chris Hampton and he runs Wolf Clan Media. So we're going to talk about uh, that documentary today. So Chris Hampton, are you there? Yeah. Hey, William, thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for agreeing to the interview. For people who may not have heard our last interview or may not be familiar with your work, can you talk about your background in Wolf Clan Media and what led you to put together this new documentary about 9-11 titled A Big Idea? Yeah, uh, just very quickly, I just want to, you know, thank you and say I appreciate, you know, just right there, you saying that uh, some things changed your mind because that's really what uh, started all this 9-11 research for me as I've been following the truth movement for a long time, donating to people and uh, following this thermite story and things like that and just really looking into the evidence and realized that, um, being stopped being stubborn and and i changed my mind the same way that you just said uh and uh so that's what really started the uh, last 9-11 alchemy facing reality film which uh, is a three-hour expose about all about the uh, technology touches on the occult a bit more uh but not so much as as this new one right so you had i mean there were some like wow moments for me like the, the ones where you had all the political figures including trump comparing covid to 9-11 like that one, to me i did not see that i was not aware of that so that was uh, really something else, keeping the memory alive. They're talking about all the time. But you had some names in there that I really admired. I mean, Richard Hall, you kind of that was kind of your something that is very different than other people is really the kind of concept of image projection technology, which I think I dismissed. But you, I think you put some really interesting information. Can you talk about your position and also Richard Hall's and what uh, you guys may think uh, was a component of the 9-11 event? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I put the last documentary out in uh, the late summer of uh, 2018. So I'd been working on that to, throughout the entire year of 2017 with Mark Conlon. Specifically, uh, Mark Conlon had, we were bouncing ideas back and forth, and he had done a lot of uh, research into the no plane thing. Mark Conlon started out in 2013 investigating the no plane theory and really looking at the researchers who advocated for no planes. And he uh, was really looking at all their different ideas, and really most of them would push the CGI video fakery thing. And, um, the you know, that theory that, you know, know uh the media composited or cgi'd or or even the amateur um videographers into the video footage. right right gotcha. right right and so he was looking at that and he'd been looking at that since 2013 and and there's just been so many things put out a lot of it uh, you know went viral um some of it even turned into you know like uh, online blockbusters so these things uh again seem to tie back to trying to cover up advanced technology which I'd already witnessed within the truth movement in regards to Dr. Judy Wood and her being called a space beamer and all these advanced, you know, Star Wars weapons and things like that. 
um, coming from people who, you know, had ties to the Department of Energy, you know, pushing the thermite thing, particularly right. Stephen E. Jones. And I've been, um, you know, ridiculed for um, attacking Stephen Jones so much. But uh, I, there's a personal thing there where I really followed him and believed it and then found out that he covered up, you know, cold fusion in the 80s and um, all of a sudden became a truther 30 years later. So right. that was so a big motivation. Right. So, but you and Richard Hall, you guys talked about this kind of 2D, 3D. He doesn't think that what you're seeing there is a real plane. It's some type of hyper technology, 3D yeah. plasma volumetric image, right? Yeah. And so what's interesting, <clears throat> excuse me, um, in 2018, when that film came out, I'd been digging deep into this type of technology. There's a lot of circumstantial evidence. Some of the directed energy weapons uh, companies like SAIC, uh, which we can just call Lidos because they had, you know, gone in and kind of done a whole PR thing to switch their name um, after some of the publications. But SAIC, Lidos, ARA, Applied Research Associates, Boeing, um, all these all these types of companies that were hired by NIST to investigate what happened had ties to illusion technology. And when I say illusion technology, I mean three dimensional volumetric images and and when you start looking at like holographic stuff hologram kind of really becomes more of a mundane um not nearly as advanced as what we're looking at and so in 2018 the wikipedia page for ghost imaging that i showed in the film was not it didn't exist and it, it i just found it very interesting that right after i put that film out or within months before or after uh the navy applied for that patent involving ghost images and plasma and if you really dig deep into this, you're going to see that it was real big in 2008. And a lot of that, it's all gone. Some of it's still available on the archive in the Wayback Machine. But uh, and I and I and I'm going to show that in some new stuff that I'm putting out on my on my website. Uh, I got some more 9-11 research that I wasn't able to fit in there because I really wanted to focus on the occult and a lot of your work. But when it comes to the technology, I, I had to I had to make this film, even though. I have to say, honestly, it put me in kind of a weird fog uh, because it's dark. But um, and with Aleister Crowley and, and some of the, you know, his commentary there at the end, right. it's very dark. Um, so, but I had to show that the occult ties into the technology in a big way and sci-fi, too. It, there's a weird marriage here. Yeah, no, it really is, because you talked about it's not just some of these directed energy, but there were things in your movie or documentary that talk about concurrent psyops with them right so it's not just right. the technology but how it's they're thinking these other guys in the in the you know military industrial complex are looking at it in a psychological operation sense right yeah and also and also it seems that some of them uh follow these mystery religions you know and right. and when you think about you know ancient astrology and some of this occult stuff and space i mean the first film was a, a trip to the moon with a bunch of wizards and in, in, in robes and so you really this whole idea of magic and 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 hollywood and film and and advanced technology with arthur c clark and inventing the satellite it all to me just really it really reeks of something much more sinister and and, uh, and really kind of obvious no, yeah no it's, it's interesting that people don't usually think about that there's a guy out there the dark journalist i don't know if you've heard of him yeah but Yep. He, yeah, he's done some research. I grew up in Northern California where mm. a lot of the technology stuff was. And I mean, I can tell you stories like I had some of my friends' parents were in high tech that was one generation ahead. Like they wow. were talking about, yeah, like diffusion rays that could crumble uh, cement, things like that, that exist in the 80s. So these are very high tech. 
But the dark journalist was very interesting because some of those early guys whose names that I'd seen around were into these mystery religions. Uh, there were some names bandied about, oh, really? at least. Yeah, no, definitely were in um, Western esotericism, no doubt. And then like the head of uh, the they're right there in San Jose is this kind of huge uh, place that's a morgue. The uh, what is it? The uh, Rosicrucian element is right there in San Jose. It's a very prominent kind of base. And the, mm. we were taken there as kids. But it is interesting that. that. Yeah, no. Yeah. Look up the Amork. He was actually tied to Crowley. He was friends wow. with Crowley. Yeah. His name. I'll have to look it up. Hmm, but I did not know that. <clears throat> what you do see is that a lot of these guys who are pushing the like uh, Parsons is not a singular event. A lot of these other guys, right. their scientism, science is based upon their ideas of magically putting their imprint upon reality. That makes sense. Right. Right. And I think Parsons is kind of a fluke because I think in a way with Parsons, we had a, I, I guess a, a media publication of more about, you know, what he was doing kind of came out in, in the, in the light, in the public light. And, yeah. uh, and then in, in the same way, it made the media kind of not make him so, I mean, he's not Warner Von Braun. We don't hear his name as much as we do other prominent. And, and this again goes back to NASA. I mean, we have to ask that question then with the occult roots of Nazism and operation paperclip, right. I mean, what are we really yeah. dealing with here? Right? No, I mean, you got, I mean, you look at uh, Hitler himself is definitely, there's a book called Hitler black magician. So he definitely mm. knew all kinds of stuff, but, yeah, you can take that broad angle lens of 9/11 and it, you can see it didn't come it didn't come out of the of nothingness. It came out yeah. of a tradition. It and it certainly out. and it certainly did not just come from a man in a cave. Right, <laughs> you exactly. You know, um, right. radical Muslims and and I think even so it didn't come from President Bush himself and that's and that's the big thing with the truth movement. Here we are 20 years later and they're still pushing the idea that you know Bush and the Saudis, you know, hired I don't know whoever to you know rig rig up the building and 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 it's just it's kind of uh it's kind of ridiculous to think this guy you know what is a mastermind of 9-11 uh george bush you know <laughs> and, yeah, no, and, and not, not to say he's not a criminal but <laughs> right so can you talk about what you and richard hall talked about because it's right there on your yeah. website and how what his opinion was because i think he had something that's very different different approach. yeah uh yeah so he um he originally did this radar analysis. And it's very important. It's very important. It's heavily censored. It just seemed to be a really touchy subject when the pandemic started too, like big time. All of a sudden, I got removed from my channel and so many other channels. And all it is is him taking all these different pieces of footage and taking the official radar data and mapping it out in a three-dimensional uh, rendering that he got. And he just shows that every single piece of footage matches the official radar path. So that proves that there's no way they fake the videos. It's totally impossible. And furthermore, in my last film, I, I show that, I mean, I emailed and spoke to 20 at least of these people and they're just regular people. I'm friends with some of them today, you know, they're regular videographers like myself. So that's what we're showing is, is proving that. And I think he, he kind of, um, with Richard, he, he, uh, originally, you know, he had a big problem with the speed. And I think a lot of people just kind of write that off and leave it off. I mean, these, these planes, all four of them in every location were exceeding what we have ever known to be possible for an airplane to travel as far as speed. At, right, that at, low to the ground, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, and we have so much evidence to prove this of wings ripping off. I mean, it, it, it I mean, 
engines ripping off. There's multiple. I mean, you can just YouTube that. And um, so so we're setting out just to prove that the videos are fake. And, and in that process, or we're setting out to prove that the videos are real. And in that process, we we both kind of, I know Richard came to the same conclusion in 2012 that um, it must have been some type of fake object that we're seeing. And I think his original conclusion was that it is a, a missile using some type of stealth technology, military stealth technology, like a Tomahawk missile that can travel that fast, being cloaked in something that looks like an airplane. I don't know that I fully um, agree with that, but it's a possibility. I like to keep it open. Otherwise, if we if we just stick with one theory, then we're like everybody else and we cloud our judgment. Yeah. But the, the, the evidence kind of, you have to let the evidence speak to you rather than coming up with a theory and trying to fit it. Just let the evidence speak to you. And the more you look at it, I mean, there's a lot of high speed anomalies that were going on that day that people can't really explain. And uh, I have other things that people looked into, like this um, videographer from Albany, um, New York, who was filming what he calls rods. And if you look into that, in the ufology uh, side of research, you see these like what they call UFO rods and things like that. So it's very fringe, these, these ideas. And again, this kind of makes me the non-credible, not scholarly 9-11 researcher. But really, we have to get to the truth. So we have right. to talk about the occult and we have to talk about the fact that. And again, when well, it's I, OK, I mean, here's the thing. If you're saying purely speculative, this could have happened. It doesn't discount anything else. It's just right. trying to explain phenomenon. We know exactly. that at the Pentagon, there's no way that a 747, 737 <laughs> hit the wall, right? So how? what's the explanation? A cloaked volumetric plasma encased missile is a much better explanation than a, than a plane based upon and, and, all and it. Yeah, and in that regard, since you brought up the Pentagon, we have two witnesses that describe one is Keith, I want to say Wheelhouse, and I don't know the name of the other one because NIST actually blurred him out and didn't, but that was part of an FOI, uh, FOIA um, request. One witness says he saw one plane going and another plane right above it as the plane flew into the Pentagon. Now, I don't think he's a liar. He saw a plane go into the Pentagon, and another one says that he saw Keith Wheelhouse describes a plane seemed to be guiding. He literally uses that word guiding in 2001, the plane above the other one seemed to guide the other plane into the Pentagon. And that and, and to me is so much evidence of an illusion. Something technology. else. Right. And so that's the, that's the same thing that happened over New York is there yep. was another plane. There were other planes. There was obviously other yes. fake operations taking place, but there was another plane over that potentially could have been. Too. Right. Hey, we have witnesses in Shanksville and they're not liars. And all of them describe seeing another plane, another white plane at the same time that the other plane flew into the ground. And they describe it making these these impossible, you know, death defying stunts flipping upside down and on its side and going straight into the ground. Yet we see no plane, no luggage, nothing, just an airplane shaped hole. So the witnesses are telling the truth and we have no evidence of a plane. It leads us to one conclusion. And what bothered me and, and, and inspired me to make these movies, William is nobody would do it. Why is nobody doing it? Why did Dillian Avery skip over the holographic section of that 1999 holographic stealth technology? That's what that is. That article there, he skipped right over it and talked about voice morphing just to prove the phone calls were fake. Right. But I mean, I think it's interesting because you also talk about this volumetric imaging in the context of Bluebeam. Can you tell people who may not have heard of Project Bluebeam why it's important to also look at 9-11 through the same kind of lens? Okay, yeah. I showed an article at the end of my film called Spooky 
uh, holograms based on spooky action at a distance. That was from 2001. And if you read that article, then you'll come to the same conclusion as me that they were already working on this technology many years before 9-11. And then you come to the conclusion in 2018 when they do a patent with ghost imaging that involves entangled photons and spooky quantum, you know, things that we don't understand, right? You come to the same conclusion that this technology has existed for a very, very long time. And on September 11th, it was tested. It was a test. It was a trial run. It was a false flag operation that used very secretive advanced technology as a trial run. And it worked to the, to the, I mean, to the T here we are 20 years later, people still don't know what happened that day. And so to, in my opinion, that was a test run. And the only reason we haven't really seen it again on a big scale like that is because of Project Bluebeam, which is a document that Sergei Mones put out in the 90s, basically saying that he had inside information from NASA uh, that, they're, that, they're, that they were planning this thing. Now, a lot of that information is very much shrouded in mystery and disinformation and false translations because he spoke French and really when I started digging into this a couple of years ago, I, I realized that that there is some information if you speak French, but it is really, really hard to get accurate American information in regards to Project Bluebeam. The documents he put out, he lost his kids. They got taken by the Canadian government and then he died in jail. Um, so it's all really weird. And Bluebeam um, is very interesting. If you watch my last documentary, I show some very strange things like Blue Blast Media, which was a company that Rick Clay pointed out. Rick Clay, um, I, I show in the beginning of my documentary, he actually, uh, the story is that he killed himself after his first interview with Red Ice. He gave a four-hour interview where he exposed the 2012 Olympics as an occult ritual, and this was in 2008. So he knew four years ahead uh, that something was happening at the 2012 Olympics and, and many other things, the 11s that I showed and things like this. So Rick Clay, in my opinion, was uh, he was really onto something. And um, he talked about Bluebeam and he talked about this company called Blue, Bas Blue Blast Media. When I made my last film in 2018, 10 years after Rick Clay's interview, that company's website was still up. And if you went to it, it still had the logo Blue Blast. Now, after I put that film out and showed that to everybody, which that film has now been seen millions of times, that, that website's gone. That company's gone. We don't know what it was, but that company was a billboard that was blasting uh, directed audio. Basically, you could only hear it when you walked into a certain area on the street. And those videos are still available on the archive and on YouTube, even uh, where you're walking and it's whispering, advertising a sci-fi movie. Um, but now this technology is totally public. It's called audio spotlight. You could Google mm -hmm. it right now and it's, it's modulation of waves that are in the air. So rather than a sound wave coming from your speaker, you know, directly, it's actually being modulated in the air. And this would explain why certain people on 9-11, one would be standing there and see the plane and not hear it. And someone standing right next to him would hear it, but not see it. So in my opinion, there were some big, big time illusions taking place. And it's all part of the same integrated space weapons program, honestly. And people are afraid to say that. Yeah, wow. I mean, it's pretty insane. Yeah, so Serge Monast and Rick Clay didn't really make it. They... No, and Bill uh, Cooper was on to the same thing, and they didn't make he didn't make it either. Yeah, he was gone. I mean, I think 9-11 happened. He was dead within six months of 9-11, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he was dead within six weeks of 9-11. Six weeks? Yeah, oh, November. wow. Was that soon? Oh, wow. And uh, six weeks. Uh, I, he died in November. I think it was November 12th, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, it was just a month after. And <laughs> right before he gave, you know, CNN went and interviewed Osama bin Laden and said he was going to attack 
uh, the United States. And that was in June 2001. And on the same day that CNN ran that interview with Osama bin Laden, Bill Cooper was in Eager, Arizona on his little radio broadcast telling people whatever they do, that's going to be huge that they blame on Osama bin Laden. Don't believe it. Like he you anticipated know. it. He anticipated, saw through the propaganda right there. Yeah. And he was on, I mean, I mean, he did, he was one of the first ones. He and uh, yes. Dave McGowan, Dave McGowan kind of keyed into it early. Yeah. yeah so but with so, Norio and uh, Bill, just quickly with Norio Hayakawa and Bill Cooper were friends. And that's why I interviewed Norio because they kind of seem to be on a side of ufology that is not popular. And that is the side that it's not aliens coming and we're not waiting for this grand disclosure so much i mean i think a lot of these people are open to it but even you know myself i think that's what they want though and that's what they put out with this new ufo uh show on showtime which is a huge five episode blockbuster from jj abrams which is pushing abductions and and disclosure the government's going to tell us finally the aliens and eisenhower made a deal with them they've been here the whole time this that and the other but really there's the whole fringe side of that which is that no this is advanced technology that the government is doing and using against us and trying to fool us to think that there's going to be an alien invasion. And, right. and so there's like, your blue beam, right? So there's blue yes. beam and that's the tie into 9-11. And that's the tie into Rick Clay, Sergey Monest, yeah. Bill Cooper. And, and so, like I said, these people seem to, to, to realize that. And I think that Bill Cooper was probably doing a job before that and didn't know it. Uh, part of Naval Intelligence, you know, spreading that just like uh, we have today, Bob Lazar. I, I think Bob Lazar may maybe knowingly or unknowingly is still spreading that that idea that um, I worked at Area 51. We we're in contact with aliens. We reverse engineered all their stuff. And it's just a matter of time. You know, it's an no, agenda. It's so profound. And I, you know, I did this interview. What was it? Spook spies and, and cover-ups or whatever. It was, right. Uh, yeah. And so that whole story is the, the intelligence agents seeding these fake lies to these guys and, and psyching them out and keeping that narrative going. Right. The whole yeah, story. And what do you, so what do you, what do you think about that? Do you, is that, do, is well, that what I, you think is going on there? Well, yeah, I think that they're, the government had Intel agents, you know, zapping these poor credulous right. people so right. but if you extrapolate that out what if that's not just the only time that that's happened right what Absolutely. if that's happening in other times and there's other because i mean it's all been a proven fact that that was a huge intel op that one yeah. thing the the um what was the name of it i can't remember the flats or whatever it was to it was that whole story that turned into a real story in ufology was all fabrication and they literally were seeding things up in the, the hills to play on this poor guy's thing. It went insane. Yeah. Right. That whole story. Yeah. yeah and, the, you know, and the ufology thing ties into it in a big way. And no yeah. 9-11 truthers talk about that. I mean, it's a huge, huge thing. In 2013, Flat Earth got real big on the Internet. I mean, it got huge. Uh, and if you ask any Flat Earther today, um, and we may have some listening, who knows? Uh, if you ask them today, they'll say, oh, no, Flat Earth's been around for years and years. But it got it turned into an Internet phenomenon in 2013. And I kind of tracked this down and wrote an article about it because that's the same time that Obama announced the official existence of Area 51. Um, although we already knew it existed, thanks to people like Bill Cooper uh, and the Russians. <laughs> but <laughs> um, but uh, so so in my opinion, they've been trying to cover up a secret space program for decades for decades and flat earth there you just blocked out flat a today bit, that sorry. we'll watch these documents oh man great work on 9 11 
don't you know space is free? Right. There is no such thing as space. If there's no such right. thing as space, then there's no thing. Um, the middle of a pandemic, pulling our kids out of school. Right. They home and time I mean, what's people people don't seem to be concerned with what's going on outside of our atmosphere and it's probably a huge huge deal that we're all gonna wreak the havoc of very soon or eventually who knows i mean i don't like right. anyone that predicts it but but i think i think for that's years for right years. but i think it's important to see the 9-11 event in the ufology field and we talked about last night time that whole book the dangerous book ever sold who writes the intro to that mm. book peter lavenda What's he involved with now? Do you know what he's involved with now? To the Stars Academy. He's he's ghostwriting all of the novels <laughs> oh to the God. to the Stars Academy. So Secret Machines, right? I Have you heard of that, that book with Tom? Yeah, Thomas DeLong. Secret with a K, right? Yeah, S-E-K. Right. That's where oh, the wow. tie-in is. It's a big wow. Yeah. That is a big wow. I did not know Peter Lavinda was involved in and see into the stars. Hold on, bro. I got one more thing. I bro, I got one more thing to add to that because he has had pictures of him, Tom DeLong, and uh John Podesta, right? Have you seen the picture of them together? Oh wow. No. Yeah, yeah, it gets very profound. Yeah. Yeah, that all that whole thing's weird, and that uh, that whole UFO show that I showed the trailer to in my documentary, I didn't watch it all, but I watched the last episode, and they talk about to the stars and how there's a they're fighting within and and disclosure, and and now they're the right. guys, and and it's it's very, like a big intelligence office operative, dude. They have intelligence operatives on there. I think one of those guys is a known. Oh, yeah. No, no. Oh, yeah. So that should tell you everything. I'd say the only one who's not an Intel op is probably Tom DeLong. He probably right, just right. wants to know. He probably, I mean, you go back to Blink-182, he's got a song. Hey, mom. You know, I mean, uh, he has oh. songs about this. So, you know, I think Tom DeLong was probably the curious uh, guy who got used. He's the Rube. There. He's the Rube. Yes. You know, it's like the old story. If he can't spot the Rube in the room, it's yeah. it's him and so but you're right this is a this is a big part of 9-11 this whole ufology and and now you know what's interesting people don't really talk about is is Stephen greer and how he you know pushes all this free energy stuff and, and this and that but he will not talk about advanced technology on 9-11 and on may 2001 right before 9-11 was when the disclosure first happened he had all these government people and back then i think even today still so many people fall for this guy i mean people subscribe to gaia and they're like look at this yes disclosure it's coming soon and with Stephen greer his new unacknowledged and uh and close encounters of the fifth kind um, where right. he's some now he's summoning UFOs, which I know what Christians automatically will say about that. I mean, oh yeah, right? yes. <laughs> so and and but I mean, you bro, yeah, sure. guy, putting it, putting that aside, I bro, mean, this dude is covering up advanced technology, and in two thousand and one, right. right before nine eleven, he had a disclosure with all these military dudes from the Pentagon, and we're supposed to think these military Pentagon guys they just want to know the truth, they just want yeah. to tell us about UFOs, right? Yeah, they love us. They really want to. They're really on the cutting edge to give exactly. information to the people. Give me a break. Have you seen the intros to Stephen Greer stuff? It's super occult. He has the same thing thing that some of these yeah. Hollywood people do, which is lightning like, striking the tree. That mm. motif is Satan, you know, uh, hitting the tree of knowledge. So it's a perversion of uh, the 
tree of knowledge of good and evil, which is in Genesis, right? So it's right, a, it's, it's in the tarot deck and everything. Yeah, right, okay. but yeah, right. but it's a it's a Gnostic morphing of that meaning. So the mm. in the Bible, humanity ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but right. in the kind of occultist view, it's from the tree of knowledge, right? So they take out the knowledge of good and evil, this kind of moralistic sense, and just say that God doesn't want you to eat from the tree of knowledge. That's what Leary copied, all this stuff. But you see that when you see that, bro, when you see that symbol, I don't care what anything what Greer said from that on. Once I saw that on one of his documentaries, I was like, this is all, it's all been revealed. It's obvious see, and, what's going on. And that's the thing with your work, which I found it's necessary because if people will not look at the occult, then they, first of all, as a truther, as a truth seeker, you're, you're, um, you're totally just shooting yourself in the foot. Um, even though I can understand what it can do to people mentally, uh, yeah, I, I fully understand with this last documentary. I mean, I was in such a fog, uh, come, come September 11th, um, that day, um, critiquing it and putting it out. It, it really does something to you because it's, it's kind of, it's strange stuff. And I, and I dove yeah. deep into it for years, for years. I mean, before I found your book and a lot of people, I have to say, uh, will plagiarize your research, William, and it, it's all over the web without any credit to you. I mean, the 11s, the, you know, th you know what yeah. I mean? Uh, Times I Alistair Crowley and things like this, not so much, just, just enough information to where you can't find what the source is. Oh, people, um, it's called uh, concept or idea laundering. So it's, yeah, it's that's great. they do, it happens very often. It's happened to me many, many, many times. There are people out there who are well-known in the alternative slash truth community who have laundered my ideas so shameless. I will not name their names, but they've done it so shamelessly that it's like, dude, the yeah. good news is that my book came out stamped in time, 2010. I'm all over with Christian media and radio at that time. Uh, the yep. proof is in the pudding that I put that out at that time. And so, boy, whatever, whatever you see somebody twisting it, if you see this book like S.K. Bain with different conclusions at the very end, you probably need to sit up in your chair and do a little bit of, you know, criticism and compare and contrast and ask yourself why it's like that. It's very important. Right. And, and I mean, in, in regards to your work there, like if people were to, I'd always get people writing off when you would bring up the numbers. I was guilty of this myself uh, for a long time with 9-11 research, the strange coincidences with the numbers. Oh, you're just looking for it. And, uh, you know, if you were to say uh, if 9-11 had flight 12, flight 94, flight 78 and flight 176, would you would you would you be able to find any connection to? Crow? No, 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 no. Exactly. I didn't so. go looking for that. I was a 9-11 researcher. I was watching all those documentaries. I was doing my homework and those numbers popped up. That was it. Yeah. You know, that's really the reason why I wrote my first book is because I said, this is something the public should know. Anyway, I mean, it's. Yeah. I think the monolith thing is still a very big mystery. And, and, yeah. and seeing Trump get up there talking about some people. Some people right. in regards to the World Trade Center and in that speech, um, I can link people to that full speech. It's just a speech about uh, if people don't like America, they can get out. And he, and he says something about people who hate Jews and he shows all this support for Israel. Um, so it's really, really a strange thing for him to randomly just say some people and some people were was, of course, the art group that was uh, mysteriously put up the 2001 monolith in Seattle. And that was um, Dan, um, I think, Schreiber, Schrober. But uh, I can't remember pronounce his uh, last name. But what's interesting is he was a military guy, and uh, he he put up that monolith with the other guy who was called Honky the Clown. Well, that guy actually died, and his friend 
thought his death was kind of mysterious. He didn't, you know, he didn't think uh, that it was, you know, normal. And he went looking into his death and he died as well. So yeah. there's really no one left uh, in regards to finding out more about this monolith that got put up in Seattle, except for honky the clown. And we have his face, but I mean, who is that guy there in that video? And who were, were some people, uh, the same, some people that put up the Georgia Guidestones, you know, I mean, right. it's right. an agenda. There's something going on. And yeah, there is, technology. there definitely is. Yeah. Yeah. And sci-fi films are shaping our perception of, of reality. That's a big point I was trying to make as well in that film. No, it's very true. Talk about some of the science fiction that really are are initiating us, uh, whatever you want to call it, alchemically changing us. I mean, what's going on? Well, you know, uh, I didn't really know all that. I mean, I knew that, you know, people refer to this as predictive programming. We've been seeing 9-11 in, in films and video games and television shows and comic books all throughout the 80s and 90s up until the event. I mean, the numbers on clocks and the towers falling and all this and that, you know, I have an hour long compilation on my YouTube of just different predictions and they call it predictive programming right or warnings and i and i've always just kind of wondered in and reading your book and doing more research into magic and, and you know it made me wonder is it more that it's not so much uh predictive programming but more that uh it's like a magic trick right and when the ceremonial magician gets on stage and he says hey i need a volunteer from the audience to come on i wonder if us paying for our movie tickets and 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 intaking all this subliminal messaging to our subconscious i wonder if we're then that volunteer helping that magic trick or as crowley would say creating change in conformity with the will right so I, in my opinion that's what 9-11 was uh absolutely oh, it was yeah, a, no it, it was a magic trick creating ch physical change and like you've pointed out in the end of your book there uh policy wise too and policy that was in line with an aristocratic revolution that that people like alistair crowley and other occultists advocated for uh, yeah. again like you said they were in a class society so they were totally all about a two-tier system which we will have if these vaccine passports you know, right. We're, headed, we're there. It's coming into view. The big idea is coming into view. And that's it. I mean, we're really mm -hmm. headed towards a neo-feudalism. If we're not there yet, what is it? 40 or 50 percent of the American public cannot take an unexpected five hundred dollar hit. So mm -hmm. that is a kind of neo-slavery, meaning Absolutely. you cannot like you have to get a charge to get like a teeth tooth removed and you cannot <laughs> afford that. Something's going on. Have you ever seen the picture of David Walker Rockefeller? wearing uh the watch with the yeah. hands facing 911 yeah i've seen that yeah yeah and you know that's just so strange i mean how do we explain this william and that's what i try to put in my film i i don't want to say one way or the other i don't want to be the guy who says oh he thinks aliens did 911 or or something or lucifer you know but what what happened i mean how do you explain this right but how they always people the are always distorting it that's the whole thing like once you ask uh a question then that gives other people an opportunity to say your question is a conclusion, right? So right, then you absolutely. can stick that. So it's a dishonest kind of form of argument. Right. So there we go. So if we're asking a question, why did David Rockefeller and Nelson decide to build the towers the same year that AT&T decided 911 would be our emergency phone number? Why, why did that happen? Why did his clock say 911? Why did he smile when he said he actually saw the buildings come down from his window? Why do Which all of these elitists, film? why do these, all of these elitists re repeat the other same phrase? Not just some people, but we've got a real chance. We've yeah. got an opportunity. Yeah. So you Defining can see David moment. Rockefeller. Yeah. There's a famous speech of Rockefeller talking in front of uh, 
Dick Cheney. We got an opportunity. There's a chance. And that's what that's what Bush is. So why do they all have this kind of concept, not just of saying the new world order, which everybody knows, but also of saying we've got a chance. What's the chance? What are you taking a risk for? What's this? You know, what do you mean? And I think there's something more important, too, about the big idea, you know, because it, we, if we look at this from like a, a historical kind of context, there, it's very much a generational thing that they're doing here, whoever they are. Uh, you know, we have JFK. So that's a defining moment, our chance in history to, you know, where obviously this man was not shot from <laughs> where right. they say window, okay right, right. so yeah we, it was actually a shooting gallery these, yeah they're probably like six guys with rifles and 15 bullets right so so with with jfk we're they're telling us what we're seeing his head can be seen moving violently for right they're telling us what we're seeing when we're seeing something else with 9 11 they're telling us again what we're seeing we're seeing a plane crash and a collapse when we're seeing something totally different. And I think here we are again, 20 years later with COVID-19 where we're seeing something totally different than what we're being told. Right. When, right. when, when my, when, when our children go back and look at the history books, if, if they're able to, if they're not burned by then and they, and they look at pandemics and they look at the bubonic plague and they see all the evidence of just death everywhere, just so much evidence of things happening to people's body and effects. And then they look at, uh, you know, even the Spanish flu and they, just see so so much evidence and they look back at the 2020 pandemic and they see you know george floyd protests chaz uh mask versus anti-masks uh vaccines that you know uh, you you know we're not we don't see what we saw in previous pandemics and so it makes you really uh, and i think again too is with jfk it was obvious but back then people were you know, it's it's different. So it's hard for people like yeah. me to judge people in that time. Well, you, know, you got to think really there's can. only ABC, CBS and NBC. So once you've got those <laughs> locked up, I mean, that there was no today, other end around. And today people are still taking them as gospel. And that and I think that's the big problem that we're really having, William, is 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 people are still sitting back. And, and it's pretty clear that those those organizations, these that we call news, who we get all of our information from, is owned by whoever's doing this totally disgusting occult ritualistic murder. I mean, I mean, three thousand people were murdered that day, and that's the thing I think a lot of truthers leave out too. And I and I, I didn't even want to bring it up. I have so much evidence about the airplanes and what really happened to the passengers, and I thought it was disrespectful to include any of that with their occult ritualistic nonsense because that is what happened, you know? I mean, and and the jumpers, you know, and okay. and you have, you have truthers trying to get you to post pictures of jumpers to prove that people died. Right. So you, like you said last time, there's obviously a group of people who are not genuine truth seekers who right. are out there trying yeah. to spread disinformation. And yeah, why no is doubt. that? Why is that? Yeah, there's always those movements are all infiltrated, in my opinion. I mean, it is just so incredible that COVID-19 is the same as the 19 hijackers and watching in your in your documentary. People have to go check that out is watching all these political figures compare COVID to 9-11. It's off the charts. I'm glad you noticed that. I wondered if people would even notice that. Uh, but it's important wondering. because they're 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 tying that fear of 9/11 to covid they're doing yeah, and the number 19 with the the inversion of 91 and 9/11 you know the, to yeah, me that was weird. totally obvious and, and i mean 
here we are in 2021, this, this false flag still going and it's still yeah, called COVID-19. They haven't changed the yeah. name of it. So what was that number really for? With yeah, the don't take the hijackers? shot. Do not take the shot. So <laughs> we're at about 40 minutes here, Chris. Is there anything you'd like to add? Anything I missed before we wrap it up? No, man. Uh, I, th I think I think we we covered a good. Um, uh, I think yeah. it's important if people want to see my content, don't go to my YouTube channel. Go to WolfClanMedia.org, uh, where I'm actually have a lot more 9/11 stuff coming out, a lot more. And uh, and I think another important point is what you just said there a bit a little bit ago is we should be careful of where we're getting our information and and what is um, possibly uh, ritualizing us. You know. Um, are we are are we ourselves being put through a ritual when we follow some people or look at certain symbols? And I think that you make that point with Stephen Greer again um, earlier, and even right. Peter Lavenda. So I think people right. need to be careful. I think that's a good message to to leave it with. Yeah, I think that's good. I mean, I really like this documentary. It was excellent. If people go check it out. Go to Wolf Clan Media all one word dot org and check it out. And you can see his other interviews with Richard Hall. Jake Coatsier is in the movie. A lot of really cool people. Some people that I followed as well. So go check it out again. It's called Alchemy 9-11, A Big Idea. And the filmmaker is Chris Hampton. Chris, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. All right. Take care. Stay there. Stay there. Bye-bye. All right. Hold on. Stay there.